We have had one of the fastest rollouts recently, just this meteoric rise. But can we maintain the momentum, the desperate push to get more people vaccinated in order to ease restrictions? Plus, and use of lighting to in an attempt to dispel the crowd. Bright lights to break up parties. Vancouver police crack down on crowds for a second night in a row. We all have to find our way out of this. And back-to-back rallies in Vancouver calling for peace. What supporters of both demonstrations are saying. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. I'm Neetu Gavcha. Starting tonight, every eligible adult in B.C. will be able to book for their COVID-19 vaccination. But the question is, will enough be taking advantage of the opportunity? As Grace Key reports, health officials are now trying to engage a group of people who are much more likely to be vaccine hesitant. Sunday evening, the government is opening up vaccination bookings to anyone 18 years or older. UBC professor Sally Otto, who is part of the province's COVID-19 modeling team, says BC is doing great in terms of case numbers going down and vaccination numbers going up. We have had one of the fastest rollouts recently, um, just this meteoric rise in the vaccinations, which is fantastic to see. This week sometime will overtake the United States and have more than 50% of our population vaccinated, which is fantastic. More than 2.3 million vaccines have been administered in BC. More than 124,000 are second doses. And though you may be scrambling to get vaccinated now, Otto says, as we've seen in other jurisdictions, after a certain point, it'll be the province who will be scrambling to find people. About uh, 15% of Canadians are not willing to get vaccinated. But when you look at the age, um, it's, it doubles among the younger people. And it might be because they don't feel personally as at much risk as older people do. In an effort to reach more people, especially in a hot spot like Surrey, new community drop-in clinics are propping up. The clinics will have 4,000 additional doses of Pfizer-Moderna and will be available for people 18 and older. The first 1,000 Surrey residents will get a wristband and same-day appointment. I think it's very, very important at this stage that um, we get uh, as many people as fast as possible um, with a vaccine. And so that's what this, these new clinics, um, um, in partnership with the government, the BC government, and with Fraser Health, is hoping to achieve over the next couple of weeks. Numbers can also increase in the coming weeks with a plan to vaccinate those 12 and older. Otto predicts we could see a phased reopening by the end of May, provided 60% of the total population gets a first shot. So an additional 750,000 people will have to roll up their sleeves. Grace Key, Global News. And for more on this, Keith Baldry is here with analysis. So Keith, so far it is looking much better for the month of May, but we are certainly not out of the woods. Uh, certainly not, and you do. Uh, again, the numbers are encouraging in May since April. Uh, again, on a number of health indicators, things are looking positive. Take a look at some of the ones we show pretty well every night. Our daily case average, for example, seven-day rolling average is down uh, to 568. That's down more than 200 since the beginning of the month. Our test positivity rate is down to 7.2%. Still too high, but down a full point from April. And it's now dropped below 10% in Fraser Health, which is very important. Da- daily hospitalizations continue to uh, 
a decline as well in number. That uh, after a peak of 511 at the end of April, we're down to 387 as of Friday. So these numbers have been coming down consistently for a number of days now, but these are not low enough for Dr. Bonnie Henry to be expected to lift the health restrictions. So again, until we get these numbers down even further on daily cases, our positivity rate down to 5%, no more than that, and number of people in hospital have to, have to be considerably less than 300 before Dr. Henry lifts the restrictions on May 25th. So uh, a lot of eyes are waiting to see what's going to happen on May 25th. But right now, the numbers don't support lifting the restrictions. So unless a miracle happens, it looks like those restrictions, I would assume, would probably be extended for at least a little bit. Good to know. And highlights the importance of everybody registering and booking to yep. get their shots. Thanks so much for that. Keith Baldry in Victoria for us. A new Westminster man says he registered to get the COVID-19 vaccine, but never got an invite to book an appointment for the shot. 53-year-old Sapan Jazzy says he registered on the province's Get Vaccinated website about a month ago when his age group became eligible to do so. Jazzy says he waited but never got a message to book after registering online. About a week ago, he contacted the helpline and was told to be patient. Jazzy ended up getting vaccinated at a walk-in clinic in Cloverdale this weekend. I waited my turn and uh, the turn never came. So uh, my, uh, my younger friends were uh, getting the vaccine and, and uh, wondering why I hadn't done so yet. I tried twice and the third time I went to uh, a walk-in clinic and, and got it done. The province says if someone has registered but not yet received a booking invite when it's their age cohort's time to book, they should call the Get Vaccinated phone line to ensure they registered properly and are in the system. People can also re-register online as there's no harm in registering twice. Vancouver police now appear to be relying on a new tactic to shut down scofflaw partygoers at English Bay. For two consecutive nights, police turned to lights and sound to break up the party. Amadagahi has the latest. For a second straight night, a weekend beach crowd gathered at English Bay after dark, soon beginning to resemble another outdoor party. Made up of mostly young people, maskless and huddled together around a DJ. Police officers on hand waited until 10 p.m. when the beach officially closed to step in. By helicopter and marine unit, the VPD started shining lights on the crowd and encouraging them to leave. The tactic is something not seen last month when a similar crowd of impromptu partiers gathered in the very same spot, prompting a phone call from the Vancouver mayor to its police chief to reassess their approach to unlawful outdoor parties. I'm glad to see that the VPD were taking uh, new measures. We saw that last night with the use of the RCMP helicopter and use of lighting to, in an attempt to dispel the crowd. Um, and so that's positive to see. Health officials have encouraged socializing in open-air settings outside, where COVID transmission is proving to be very low. But provincial health orders also limit those groups to 10 people. And while many point to the Vancouver Park Board to enforce those orders at its beaches, this commissioner says that may be unfair. It really is a collective thing when you have large numbers. You know, there's not a lot of park rangers that we have on, on staff. So they do a great job, but they have limited resources. So public safety is really the domain of the VPD, and uh, we rely on their support. It's not clear if any tickets were handed out Saturday night. But according to police, at some point, some unwilling to go home began throwing bottles at officers before an eventual dispersal. Amadagahi, Global News. The face of the Lower Mainland's homicide investigation team says the current gang conflict is not a war. 
I think war is a, is, a, is a term that we use for respect for veterans and soldiers who actually go off to real war uh, and, and fight on our behalf and our country's behalf. Speaking at a news conference Friday on another brazen and deadly gang shooting in Burnaby, Sergeant Frank Jang said it's insulting to veterans to refer to the ongoing gang violence as a war. At least one innocent bystander has been injured since the conflict escalated a month ago. And Jang says what's playing out on our streets and in public places is a result of young men in their 20s choosing to resolve their differences in a deadly way. This is not a war. These are reckless young men who happen to have access to very dangerous weapons, who are using our public streets to conduct revenge killings based on money, drugs, and what other motive. BC wildfire crews are fighting a forest fire five kilometers north of Harrison Mills in the Fraser Valley. The 10-hectare blaze is burning above Elbow Lake west of the Chehalis River. The fire broke out last night and no structures are currently threatened. BC Wildfire Service personnel are on site and aircraft are responding. The cause of the fire is under investigation. A person has been arrested after a structure fire in Victoria. Victoria police saying patrol officers responded to a blaze in the 300 block of Mary Street shortly after 6 p.m. Victoria Fire managed to extinguish the flames, but significant damage was caused to the building. Luckily, no one was hurt. Officers arrested a suspect for arson at multi-unit temporary housing in the 200 block of Russell Street. The investigation is still ongoing. A coordinated search effort underway on Okanagan Lake today for a recreational diver who's been missing for more than 24 hours. As Megan Turcato reports, he had gone on a dive yesterday but failed to surface with the rest of his group. From the air and on the water, a coordinated search Sunday to find a recreational diver who disappeared while on a group dive. Police say a 52-year-old man went missing in Okanagan Lake while diving on Saturday afternoon. The man's dive group apparently did search for him, according to police, but when they were unable to find him, they quickly called for help. They were all diving and somehow he became separated and uh, failed to surface with the rest of them. Searchers were originally dispatched Saturday afternoon. We were called in to assist in locating him. So we've been using our underwater cameras and our side scanner to uh, try to locate him and uh, bring him home. On Sunday, the search continued with an RCMP underwater recovery team, search and rescue, and a Kelowna Fire Department boat all out on the lake. The search effort focusing on an area of the lake near the W.R. Bennett Bridge and Kelowna City Park. Searchers looking both north and south of the bridge where the man had been diving. He entered on the north side and failed to surface on the south side. Search and Rescue says the man is believed to have been an experienced diver, but conditions on the lake may have been challenging. From what I was informed with, uh, there's an unusually strong current that's flowing underneath the bridge at this time of year. Searchers out on that same water Sunday were hoping to bring some resolution to this case. Megan Dracato, Global News, Kelowna. 
Tests are being conducted to figure out what killed a humpback whale that washed up on a beach on Haida Gwaii. The whale was known locally as Kayak. She was found yesterday at the mouth of a local river. The Marine Education and Research Society estimates she was less than 20 years old. She was called Kayak because of the markings on her tail. Sightings around the islands date back to 2004. The Department of Fisheries and Oceans says they've taken samples, adding there was no obvious cause of death. The U.S. trade chief is under pressure from American builders to lift duties on Canadian lumber. Catherine Tai is set to meet with her Canadian and Mexican counterparts on Monday for the latest on the North American trade agreement. National data shows U.S. housing prices have tripled in the past year because of softwood lumber shortages and soaring housing demand. Mill production has also been diminished during the pandemic. Republican lawmakers are behind the builders asking Tai last week to eliminate the 9% tariff on Canadian softwood lumber imports. A temporary shelter is set to open this week in the former Army and Navy department store in Vancouver. Crews spent this week putting the finishing touches on the 60-bed facility on West Hastings Street, which will offer 24-7 supports to people experiencing homelessness, including meals, storage space and laundry services. The temporary shelter was set to open at the end of April, but was delayed due to further construction and fire safety work. The building is co-leased by BC Housing and the City of Vancouver. The PHS Community Services Society will be running the shelter. This used to be the uh, very iconic Army and Navy um, store that um, the community relied on for many, many years and decades. Everyone has a, a bed, a, a nighttime table, a you know, bedside table and um, a locker for their day-to-day -day stuff. So some people we think will be able to move on to housing relatively quickly. For other people, they'll need a longer stabilization period. The location is one of two temporary shelters the province promised this past February. Another is opening at a city-owned property on Terminal Avenue. And in Victoria, Tiny Homes Village is now housing people who were camping in city parks. Our Place is operating Tiny Town in the 900 block of Caledonia Avenue across from Royal Athletic Park. The community raised more than $500,000 to fund the capital expenses for 30 transitional housing units built from repurposed shipping containers. Each 100-square-foot unit has a bed and a mini-fridge. There is 24-7 staff and security, and residents get two meals per day. Coming up after the break, protests calling for peace. All I know is violence is wrong. More weekend demonstrations in Vancouver as tensions and violence escalate in the Middle East. where bombings have entered a seventh day amid mounting calls for an immediate ceasefire. In the Middle East, Benjamin Netanyahu vows to continue Israel's assault on Hamas targets with full force. The Palestinian militant group, which controls the Gaza Strip, remains defiant, firing more than 3,000 rockets into Israel in the past seven days. With civilians, many of them children, caught in the crossfire, there is immense pressure on the international community to intervene. Mike Armstrong reports, and a warning, some of the video you're about to see is disturbing. <laughs> On this, the seventh day of hostilities between Israel and Hamas, there was no rest, instead more death. After another night of bombings, Palestinians searched through rubble, sometimes finding bodies, sometimes wounded. 
According to health officials in Gaza, at least 42 people were killed Sunday, including 10 children. On the Israeli side, more civilians caught in the middle of this conflict. A synagogue hit by a Hamas rocket, another landed in damaged vehicles, and one set fire to a field. In the neighborhood of Jerusalem that was the flashpoint for this recent unrest, seven Israeli border officers were injured Sunday when a car rammed a checkpoint. The driver was shot and killed. The moment they were rammed was captured on video. Now, Israeli officials insist their air attacks are aimed at military targets. Overnight, they say they destroyed the home of a senior Hamas leader. It was the third attack going after the group's leadership in two days. Israeli Defense Forces also say they were going after a tunnel system used by Hamas forces underground. The explosions and collapse took homes down at the same time. Civilian casualties, they say, were unintentional. Good morning, Mr. Prime Minister. Thank you for being with us. Good morning. Appearing on CBS Sunday morning, Israel's prime minister said Hamas has fired close to 3,000 rockets at his country, ending that threat will take as long as it takes. We're trying to degrade Hamas's terrorist abilities and to degrade their will to do this again. So it'll take some time. I hope it won't take long, but it's not immediate. The calls to end the conflict are coming from just about every angle. There was a meeting of Islamic nations Sunday. The Pope warned of the conflict spiraling out of control, and the UN Security Council held an emergency meeting. There are efforts by both Egypt and the U.S. to broker a ceasefire. President Biden spoke to Prime Minister Netanyahu and President Abbas yesterday. Neither side seems to be listening to those calls for calm. One of the leaders of Hamas, speaking in Qatar this weekend, insisted that in terms of missiles, what the world has seen so far is nothing compared to what's hidden. Well, missile supplies appear to be a part of the equation for Israel. An Israeli defense official said a ceasefire now would give Hamas time to recover, letting it continue firing missiles, he says, would deplete its stockpiles and make it less of a threat for years. Mike Armstrong, Global News. And the Mideast conflict hitting close to home here on the West Coast with supporters of the Palestinians and Israelis both staging demonstrations in Vancouver this weekend. Paul Johnson has that part of the story. Though you might feel the Middle East is an entire world away. Demonstrations in Vancouver Saturday and Sunday show the conflict is touching many in our part of the world. Sunday. Hundreds of supporters of Israel gathered at City Hall before marching across town to the art gallery. Their opinions were diverse, but most in this demonstration agree the conflict is a tragedy for Palestinian civilians, where Israel has no choice but to defend its territory from relentless rocket attacks fired by Hamas in Gaza Strip. If separatists in Montreal were lobbing bombs on Sudbury, I think Canadians would understand more clearly what Israel is dealing with. Occupation no more! Occupation no more! But on Saturday, there was this other take on the conflict, with hundreds of Palestinian supporters gathering at the U.S. consulate, calling out America's billions in military support for Israel and arguing that the deep roots of the conflict are what they call Israeli settler colonialism and the occupation of land that generations of Palestinians had previously called theirs. This settler colonial project is reaching the extreme that the world has never seen this live before. A genocide has never been broadcast like this before. 
perhaps most tragic is that any of these talking points could easily be inserted into news stories from any decade since the 1940s. The cyclical killing still compels activists to take to the streets even in places as distant as Vancouver, where lately many public gatherings start with this acknowledgement. First, I would like to recognize that we are fortunate to gather and march on the traditional and sad territories of the Muslim people. Recognizing the rights, dignity and humanity of people with a long connection to a certain place in the world. In 2021, it's apparently something a lot easier to talk about than to do. In Vancouver, Paul Johnson, Global News. And still more tragedy in the Middle East today. At least two people were killed along with more than 150 others injured after a grandstand collapsed in a synagogue under construction in a Jewish, Jewish settlement in the occupied West Bank. Israel's National Ambulance Service says it happened just north of Jerusalem and it has raised more questions about safety measures at large, ultra-Orthodox events. This comes two weeks after 45 pilgrims were crushed to death in a stampede at the burial site of a Jewish sage in northern Israel. All right, time for a break, but coming up, the job posting that's gone viral. Hundreds, emails, texts. And why it's led to a moral dilemma for this man, desperate to see his dying mother. Plus, it's like no home to go to, even though you have a home, but you can't go home. Why a BC family has been barred from getting to their new home. Those stories and more, next. In Toronto, a mass shooting has left a 28-year-old man dead and three others wounded. Police were called to the scene near Etobicoke at about 2 o'clock local time. Police say a suspect or suspects fired dozens of shots from their car at two parked vehicles. Two of the victims, men in their late 20s or early 30s, allegedly tried to run away from the gunfire but collapsed on the street nearby. Police initially reported there were five victims but later said there were only four. Police describe a chaotic scene with people and vehicles fleeing in every direction. Multiple shell casings were found at the scene and there's still no word on a motive. A family that moved to Cape Breton, New Brunswick from B.C. is opening up about their experience trying to get to their new home. The family spent days on the Quebec side of the New Brunswick border trying to reach their new house but ended up trapped by red tape and confusion over COVID restrictions. Silas Brown has more. Surrender Dillon, his wife Gurinder and son Zion arrived at their new home in Point Edwards, Nova Scotia late Friday night after days stuck on the Quebec side of the New Brunswick border. Dillon said they sold their house in Shirley, B.C. in April after buying a house in Cape Breton, but when they arrived at the New Brunswick border, they were told they couldn't cross. That feeling is now, now it was like a punch in the gut, you know, like you have no home. It's like no home to go to, even though you have a home, but you can't go home. Dylan and his family spent four days on the Quebec side of the border after being told by New Brunswick border workers that they could not enter until cleared by Nova Scotia, but complicating matters was the fact that they already had a letter approving their entry into Nova Scotia, along with the deed to their new home in Cape Breton. They were told, however, that they would have to reapply. Eventually, the family began running out of propane for their RV. That's when they gave trying to get across the border another shot, and luckily, made it through. Tell we decided to just, uh, you know, take it in our hands and say, hey, you know what, we had enough, we have a four-year-old kid, and, uh, you know, you can't keep on a motorhome for four days. Last week, Nova Scotia announced due to COVID precautions, it wouldn't allow people into the province, even if they had bought a home. 
The province backed off on Monday, saying those who had already been accepted could come through, and those with closing dates before May 20th could apply to enter. It's a message that apparently wasn't fully realized at the New Brunswick border, leading to the confusion that held them up. Now Dylan is hoping others won't have to go through the same experience. We hope nobody else has to go through, through what we went through, you know, and hope, you know, hopefully they stand their ground and, you know, be strong. And, they, and, and if they have the right documentation, don't turn around. A spokesperson for the New Brunswick Department of Public Safety has now clarified the requirements for entry, saying those moving to Nova Scotia are allowed into the province as long as they've been cleared for entry on the other side. Silas Brown, Global News, Fredericton. A Halifax transit driver posted a job ad seeking a temporary long-haul truck driving position so he could visit his dying mother in neighboring New Brunswick. His ad went viral on social media and now he's had several offers and dozens of others have reached out to help or share their similar stories of separation. Aaron Wiley is a transit driver and holds a Class 1 license. He can drive any vehicle on the road except for a motorcycle, but he's desperate to drive from Halifax to St. John to visit his terminally ill mother, Sandra, who's dying from liver failure. He was told Tuesday she has two to four months to live. It's trying. I'm, I'm not able to be there. And when I was hit with this Tuesday, it, uh, the, the reality of it didn't set in. He posted a job to Kijiji looking for a truck driving gig to St. John. He offered to haul the shipment for free just as a way to see his mother. Truck drivers are considered essential workers and can cross the border and return without having to quarantine for 14 days. The offers came pouring in. Hundreds. Emails, texts, um, offers. It's been overwhelming. The 45-year-old said people reached out to offer financial support for his mother. Others emailed to say they were in the same position or worse. And now Wiley, who hasn't seen his mother since December 2019, has found a loophole. He can drive a big rig across the border, but he's wrestling morally if it's the right thing to do. I have that moral compass that's pointed everywhere but New Brunswick because of the situation. And a lot of it has been the hundreds of texts and emails that I've gotten, like of people in the same situation. The province's top doctor has been adamant that nobody looked for ways of subverting the lockdown measures. We asked people to stop looking for loopholes and asking to be excused from the following rules. Wiley says he's reached out to public health about the situation. He has two solid job offers, but in reality says he can't afford the time to quarantine on his way home. I'm not eating lobster and caviar. I do well, but... Most East Coasters, or people in Canada in general, working class, are pay to pay. Wiley says he'll have to make a decision soon, but in the meantime, he'll look for any solution before hitting the road. Jesse Thomas, Global News, Halifax. Coming up next, the Adventure Club to train hiking cats. Plus, caught on camera. We'll tell you where in B.C. people came across this pot of porpoises. Next. You're watching Global News Hour at 6. Well, some global viewers asking, what was that they spotted streaking across the night sky last night? Check this out. A Parksville resident filmed this as it headed east. Another person said it was moving slowly. Last weekend, the remnants of a Chinese rocket landed in the Indian Ocean. No word yet what the source of this sighting might be. I mean, she's amazing on the trail. She walks like a dog now. And apparently adventure cats are the new trail dogs. A look at how to take your feline for a hike in just a moment. But first, the forecast. Meteorologist Yvonne Shell is joining us now. Yvonne, 
enjoy the sunshine for the rest of the evening, I guess, hey, because things are going to take a turn. Yeah, we've been <laughs> advertising that. We're talking about a different weather picture. But first off, with the sunshine, the bright skies, check out this remarkable wildlife footage uh, from a couple uh, global viewers. <laughs> A pod of porpoises surrounded those out boating off the northern tip of Salt Spring Island Friday afternoon. Spectacular to be able to capture that and to be able to share it with everyone as well. Gorgeous. All right, here's what we're looking at right now. A beautiful shot out there. We are going to see more cloud cover rolling in. And yes, a very different weather picture as we look ahead towards tomorrow. Hot spot across the province right now is Ashcroft with temperatures topping out at 32 degrees and a few other spots like Trail getting up to 31. Thompson and a few spots in the Okanagan also getting up to 30 degrees. Away from the water today was closer to into the low 20s for most areas along the south coast. Here's the next weather maker and frontal system that is going to push in across the region. We'll continue to track it. It'll likely remain dry though still as we get in overnight and then by tomorrow morning there's a snapshot. We've got a mainly cloudy sky with a chance of showers and temperatures are going to cool off over the next few days. So a heads up with Tuesday just getting up to 14 degrees. By the afternoon the southern interior will see more cloud cover and a chance of showers and the instability across the central interior tomorrow will be the risk of thunderstorms. So overnight tonight we're down to 11 degrees. We will see that cloud cover, that chance of showers through the day. So anticipate an unsettled day with on and off showers for most areas. Now, the northern half of the province, Prince Rupert should remain dry. It's inland, then we could still see a few isolated showers. The instability will be across the central interior, afternoon and early evening, chance of showers and even the risk of thunderstorms. Areas towards the south of it, however, will see uh, a few bright spots in the early morning hours and then an increase in cloud cover. We may see a chance for some showers moving in, especially for the southeastern corners, but that'll be for the afternoon and early evening. A cooler day tomorrow for areas near Whistler with highs just up to 13 degrees and most areas along the south coast we've got a change different weather picture for tomorrow mainly cloudy with a chance of showers and a cooler one with highs just up to 17 degrees as we look ahead towards our Tuesday we will see a dry day but highs just up to 14 degrees unsettled Wednesday Thursday still a few days out but we may see some dry conditions as we get in towards next weekend for the long weekend tomorrow though with the chance of showers highs will be up to 17. Nithu? All right. Thanks so much, Yvonne. Well, if you've ever wanted to go hiking with a cat, one woman in Tennessee might have the perfect solution for you. Laura Partain trained her own timid kitty to take on local trails and has now created a business venture from her experience. She says it took about four or five months of hard work, but the Tennessee Cat Adventure Club has become a roaring success. She's now trained 14 cats and counting. Her tips to train a cat? Bribery use treats to motivate them, and buy a harness that actually fits the cat. Adorable. Very That's cool. good advice. I feel like the cat would easily slip away if it wasn't the right size. And yeah. let the cat think they're in charge. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly, important. exactly. Uh, who's in charge in the sports department, Barry? Who else? A squire. Uh, <laughs> we're going to check in on the Whitecaps. We've had a busy week. Unfortunately, uh, not a very productive one. Uh, Bit of a mismatch today in uh, Kansas City. Highlights of that. Canucks play uh, their third last regular season game tonight against the Flames. We'll see Jonah Gadjevich, uh, one of their draft picks from a few years ago. So it's a time to check out what's coming uh, down the future. And Travis Green will talk about that coming up as well. All right, lots to look forward to. And also coming up, a possible mass exodus in the labor force. The pandemic has caused a lot of individuals to really become introspective. We'll tell you why a workplace resignation boom could be looming. 
Well, with the distant possibility of an end to the pandemic, companies and employees who've been working from home are beginning to think about what the future of work looks like. And for some, it's not working at all. And Gaviola has more on an expected resignation boom. I was really burnt out. In the fall, Karen Gladenbar embarked on what she calls a midlife gap year to take a break from her family's tech company. To not have a planned out week or a planned out month was really scary at first because we're I'm so used to juggling so many things and being busy. Employment experts say there are scores of people across Canada who want to leave the workforce because they're burnt out, need to care for family, or want to make a career change. They've been waiting and thinking about their exit. The pandemic has caused a lot of individuals to really become introspective and reflective with respect to not only all aspects of their lives, but certainly with respect to work. According to Statistics Canada, 130,000 people have opted to leave the labour force altogether since February 2020, meaning they're not working and not looking for work, and their ranks could swell over the coming months. Williams advises employers to clearly communicate what work will look like, along with expectations, as the next normal begins. Flexibility can go a long way to keeping employees. And so can a focus on workplace culture, which has in many cases suffered during the pandemic. Just a little bit on ecosystem. And for employees planning to hand in their resignation, not burning bridges is important for future career prospects. You never know when you might cross paths with a former colleague or boss and how you resign is just as important as why you're leaving. Don't send an email or a text. Uh, you know, we still should have that face-to-face -face interaction. Be it, if it, if it, it can only be by a video conference, you know, so be it. But you want to show the respect. Although recruiters may not penalize a career gap during the pandemic the way they might under normal circumstances, Williams suggests having a solid explanation for why you took time out. By being more available to my kids and my family, I was able to find little pockets of time to really get to know them and for them to get to know me that weren't planned or orchestrated. So that was probably the biggest reward. And Gaviola, Global News, Toronto. Coming up from cool, calm and collected to this. Oh my God. <laughs> we hear from BC golfer Michael Kahn on his rare golf feat and his celebration. Barry's back with sports next. Join Global BC as we gene up this May to support BC Children's Hospital Foundation. Grab those jeans, post that pic, and donate at geneup.ca. And let's help BC kids get out of their hospital gowns and back into their jeans. part of Covenant House's Spring Match Campaign. Support Covenant House Vancouver in their mission to provide love and hope to young people overcoming homelessness. This spring, when you donate, your gift will be matched for twice the impact in our community. Donate at covenanthousebc.org. Join us in the BC Children's Hospital Foundation as we gene up to get kids out of their hospital gowns and back into their jeans. Simply donate or fundraise online with your company or school, and then show off your gene up spirit throughout the month. For RBC, I'm Michael Newman. BC is brought to you in part by Canada Day at Canada Place. Submit a photo showing your Canadian spirit to be featured. Celebrate Canada together with Global BC. 
All right, Barry's back with a look at sports and starting off with the Whitecaps. How did things go today? Uh, not so good. <laughs> not so good, Nithu. Thank you. The uh, schedule maker did not do the uh, Whitecaps any favors this week. Road game Wednesday in Minnesota, then fly back to Salt Lake because of COVID. They can't stay overnight. Followed by a flight into Kansas City Saturday for an early afternoon start today. Not the optimum way to play quality soccer, and the Whitecaps looked like they had jet lag all day long as Sporting Kansas City crushed them 3-0. A definite home field advantage for sporting at a very nice park there, Children's Mercy Park. But fans in attendance, not full capacity, but it makes a difference. The Caps, of course, can't even play at home. they got to play in Salt Lake City. So a definite advantage and great save here by Max Crepeau. But as the song goes, Kansas City, here they come, or here we come. It was uh, They came in waves, and Daniel Shalowi will... Score there to make it 1-0, and just minutes after that, Ryan Raposa with the foul in the box. That's a penalty awarded to Sporting. Alan Polito, the Mexican international, will fire it past Crepeau, and just like that, 2-0 Sporting Kansas City at the half. Whitecaps had a glorious chance early second half. Bad giveaway. Christian Dahomey is right there, but fires over the bar from five yards out. You just can't miss those, and the Caps have missed a lot of those. This week remains 2-0. Sporting with a much better finish. It's Polito again showing his quality. Kansas City rip past the Whitecaps 3-0. Vancouver's second straight shutout loss in four days, but Mark DeSantos not making excuses. Of course, we traveled to Minnesota and traveled to Kansas City. So when you look at our schedule, you right away think the possibility of fatigue. But if you just think about that, you don't become a better team. We have to look at inside the roster right now, solutions to make us produce more offensively, to make us in some areas defend better. Well, while 16 other teams battle for the Stanley Cup, the Canucks play their final three regular season games tonight, Tuesday and Wednesday against the Flames. Now, as bizarre as that scenario is, at least there's a chance to look to the future. Tonight, Canucks rookie Jonah Gadjevich makes his NHL debut. The second-round pick in 2017 scored 15 goals in just 19 AHL games this season, and he's a big body at six two, 210 pounds. There's obviously nerves to deal with, and that's part of it. Uh, we'll try to help him through that and, and talk to him, and we have already, about enjoying it and try not to be too nervous and just go play. But... Uh, I'm not setting any expectations for, for him tonight except to, to go see how he looks and, and uh, be excited as he's going to be. Stanley Cup playoffs today. Penguins-Islanders game one. No Evgeny Malkin for Pittsburgh, missing because of injury. Pens were down a goal late third, but Kasperi Kapanen, the former Maple Leaf, fires past Ilya Sorokin. 3-3, and we need overtime. Late first OT, Kyle Palmieri. Beats Surrey's Tristan Jari, Palmieri's second of the game. And the Isles take game one, 4-3 in overtime. Wild and Golden Knights from Vegas. Marc-Andre Fleury, sixth all-time in playoff wins with 81. He was money in Vegas today. Robs Ryan Hartman with the glove save. And just moments after that, another larcenous grab off Kevin Fiala. Scoreless after regulation. We need 
overtime. Third playoff game of this uh, playoffs. Third straight OT. In OT, Wild forced the turnover, and it's Joel Erickson-Eck with the shot. On the replay, you'll see it deflects in off defenseman Alec Martinez, who had good intentions to block it, but it deflected in. It's a game winner for the Wild, who take game one, one nothing in overtime. Battle of Florida right now. Game one, Lightning and Panthers. First time they've ever met in the playoffs. A great atmosphere and lots of feeling in this one. Hits, bad blood between these two teams during the regular season. They hammered on each other in the first. It was playoff intensity at its finest. Second period, 2-1 Panthers, but the Lightning tie it. Nikita Kucharov didn't play at all in the regular season after hip surgery, but scores in game one to tie it. And then Kucharov is back again on another power play. Man, what an addition he is. 3-2 Lightning. They are just starting the third. Baseball today, Phillies and Jays. Rubber match of their three-game set in Dunedin. First two Blue Jays at the plate, hit solo homers. Marcus Semien followed by this one from Bo Bichette. Two-nothing the Jays. They jumped out eight-nothing, but they needed this Vladdy Guerrero bomb in the eighth for some insurance. Third straight game, Vladdy's gone deep. His 11th, Jays win 10-8. They're now 22-17 and and just a game and a half behind the first-place Red Sox, who they start a series with on Tuesday. Raptors concluding their 72-game NBA regular season today against Indiana. Toronto's seven-year playoff streak over. Pacers got a career-high 31 from former Raptor and Ontario boy O'Shea Brissett. Raps got a chance to play their kids down the stretch. Rookie Malachi Flynn has been very good lately, 27 for him. The Raps lose 125-113, finish at 27-45. and 45. They'll be in the draft lottery. Kyle Lowry, will he be back next year? I think he will. Raps will be very good again next year. COVID got them, but they'll play home games next year. Rainy day in Texas for the final round of the AT&T Byron Nelson. A two-and-a-half-hour rain delay, two inches of rain, but they got the course playable again, and when it resumed, South Korea's K.H. Lee with a great tee shot in the par 317th. Lands it just five feet from the hole. Led to a birdie. Gives him a three-shot lead. And then Lee will tap in for another birdie on the par 518th to finish at 25 under. And a three-shot win over Sam Burns. K.H. Lee's first ever PGA Tour victory. Merritt's Roger Sloan tied 34th at 13 under. Well, on Friday, local golf pro Michael Kahn, who tees it up on the Vancouver Golf Tour when they play, carded a magical round of 59. 13 under par. It wasn't in an official competition, but hey, 59 is 59. Kahn's eagle putt on the 18th hole at Meadow Gardens has gone viral, and when you see it, you'll know why. Oh my god! Let's go! Let's go! 59, baby! It was weird. I was eerily calm on that putt. All I wanted to do was make a good stroke, and um, I did. And as you can see in the video, halfway as it's going in, it was it was going in, that's for sure. And um, I just started running, and I just lost all sense of control. And I saw water, and I just instinctively jumped. So... I shot five under on the front nine, and although it's a really good nine, didn't really think anything of it. So nice. But when I birdied 10 and then eagled 11, I was like, okay, all right, we got something special maybe. And then I eagled, uh, I birdied another uh, par three here, got it to nine. And then once I got to 15, I made about a 10-footer for birdie, and that took me to 10 under, and that gave me the opportunity to go three under my last three. And unfortunately, I didn't birdie 16, and I got a little disappointed because I thought it was it. 
but I realized I had a par five left and then I dropped an absolute bomb on 17 from about 30 feet. And then 18, I was, I was more nervous on the tee shot. If I'm being honest in the putt, just cause if you mess up the tee shot, there's no chance at all. It's, it's crazy. Just all the support and just, it's, we're going worldwide. It's weird. I'm getting messages from the Philippines. Golf Digest contacted me this morning. Golf Channel. It's it's crazy. I've never could have even imagined something so small as golf would um, put me on a worldwide platform. It's crazy. Fifty nine, baby. Let's go. Oh my god. Usually, when a guy talks about his round like that, it's the last thing you want to hear. But when you shoot 59, oh, you deserve the honor. Of well worth the celebration. You did it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for that, Barry. Can you picture thousands of birds moving into your chimney? That's what happened in one BC building, and we'll show you video of it next. Stay with us. My mom. My wife. For myself. This May, walk your own way for the IG Wealth Management Walk for Alzheimer's. To support people affected by dementia, register at walkforalzheimers.ca. Proudly supported by Global BC. We want to get BC moving. Move with us each day in May for the 2021 Workout to Conquer Cancer benefiting BC Cancer Foundation. No matter where you are, we can all move to feel good and support cancer patients in BC. Thousands of migrating birds are using a Comox Valley Museum as a pit stop on their journey north. Take a look. Bird watchers are flocking to the parking lot of the Courtney Museum and looking to the sky to catch the birds who've chosen this chimney as their temporary roosting spot. The Vox Swifts started using it as their home for the night about four years ago. The museum says the birds would typically go into a hollow tree as they migrate from Central America to Alaska, but they've resorted to chimneys because of a loss of habitat. On a recent Saturday, 4,500 took refuge in the chimney, which the city of Courtney helps maintain to ensure the birds land safe, safely. Sometimes it's uh, quite a mass of birds going down that chimney. When they roost at night, they have to stick to the wall sideways. And so it's either a hollow tree or, in this case, the, one of the biggest chimneys in town. They pat themselves into the, into the chimney and it's, it's hard to imagine that many birds going down the chimney. <laughs> Lucky they're black because they would all be, you know, full of soot. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. They Looks like a in. scene out of a scary movie. Yeah, it is a me. bit. Yeah, it's a bit eerie. freaky. Incredible <laughs> video. Uh, Yvonne, final look at the forecast. A different weather picture. Uh, we are going to need uh, to grab some of the cool, uh, some of your sweater weather. It is just going to feel cooler, especially in comparison to today. We have the chance of showers that'll roll in, and even on Tuesday, just highs up to 14 degrees. Temperatures will start to rebound once again towards the end of the week, and hopefully into next weekend. I'm looking forward to some refreshing rain. You bet. It's about time. All right. Thanks so much for that. And thank you all at home. Jordan will be here at 11. Have a great night.